Hey there, I'm Dana, your Canadian English teacher, with another English lesson so you can speak and understand the English spoken in Canada. If you're learning English for the Great White North, then you've come to the right place. You'll learn phrasal verbs, common expressions, conversation tips, and of course, some typical Canadianisms. Welcome back to another episode of the Can Learn English podcast. I have a great episode for you today. I know you're going to love this one because I'm joined by another English teacher. Today, I'm joined by Anne, who lives in California. Welcome to the Can Learn English podcast. Thank you, Dana. Thank you for having me on. I'm really excited to chat with you. We're going to teach some of your favorite expressions because I know yeah. you teach some awesome expressions on Instagram. Uh-huh. Yeah, I try to keep the expressions like practical, just expressions that we will use in everyday conversations. So there's there's a lot on, on my uh, Instagram page. Yeah, and we'll, we'll link that and everything so people can find you. But I love these ones that you picked. But uh-huh. before we get started. Mm-hmm. Can you tell us an interesting fact about yourself? I've been a vegetarian for about 18 years. Um, so I guess that's something interesting, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'll show one more. I'm, I'm afraid of heights. So I know some people love to go hiking and I love nature, but it's just something that I, I fear because <laughs> of heights. So yeah, so I guess those two are something that I find that are unique about me. Yeah. Well, you wouldn't like where I live because we have a lot of height, a lot of mountains in Switzerland. So you might want to yeah. <laughs> steer clear. Yeah. But you know what? I love Switzerland. I've never been to Switzerland, but I I love Switzerland. I, I just, the nature, the trees, and everything. So hiking doesn't... <laughs> It's some, not something that I would do. <laughs> too funny, too funny. So <laughs> let's get started with our first expression. Uh, and this expression is, what the heck? I think we use this one a lot, um, like in just everyday conversation. Um, something that I guess we can kind of talk about the question. Like some people would say like, oh, what the heck when you see something that's shocking or surprising? People will say, oh, what the heck? So I don't know. An example would be if I come home and I see, you know, my roommate made a mess in the house. Yeah. I might say, what the heck? What happened here? Exactly. And it's a little bit, it's a politer expression. Like it is. Yeah. You could use this in a workplace setting with some colleagues, maybe not in a business meeting, but you know, if you see that suddenly your sales numbers have dropped overnight, you could say, what the heck happened? Yes. Like what the heck? Yeah. I would say we can use it in a casual and also well, I don't know. We do use it in like formal meeting, I guess. Yeah, of course. Because it's at the polite form. So like our, right. you know, less polite form would be like, what the hell? That would be yes. a less polite way of saying it. But when we say what the heck, heck is just mm-hmm. a non-swear word <laughs> replacement. <Yes. laughs> I guess sometimes we use it as as a statement. Like we're not really asking somebody to explain what happened. Mm-hmm. But it just as like, oh, what the heck? Like, let's say like this morning, I couldn't, something was wrong with my phone. And so I'm like, what the heck? <laughs> like, what's going on um, with the phone? So it was acting up. And then 
So I guess we also use it in um, like a statement form as well. Exactly. Maybe if someone says something rude, like yeah. if you're at a party mm-hmm. and someone maybe is like impolite and says something rude, you could be like, oh, what the heck? Yes. You know, why would they say that? That's like, what the? Yeah, what the? <laughs> and leave out the, <laughs> oh yeah, that's, that's another one. What the? Like sometimes we'll end it right there because we don't want to use a swear word. So we'll say, what the? Exactly. And I'd say it's pretty similar culture to Canada and the United States that like yeah. some people do curse quite often, but in general, it would be considered quite impolite. So when we say what the, you can fill in the blank there, mm-hmm. but it's a polite way of not saying something right that you might want to say. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I, yeah. So I think question form and the statement, I think these are something that yeah, for sure. English speakers use quite often. Absolutely. And the next one, I love this one too. And it is At the end of Uh, the day. Yes, I think this one is, I don't, I I hear it all the time. (laughs) Like in, Mm -hmm. um, like you'll see it written like on social media, movies, um, conversations. Basically, it's just saying that given the most important facts, so sometimes we'll, well, not sometimes, but most of the time we'll state like the most important facts or of, of a situation and then say something like, oh, at the end of the day, after all these stuff have been considered, this is the relevant, the important fact. The takeaway. The takeaway. Yeah. Would you say it's kind of like the same as bottom line? Like how we use the bottom line? Yeah, 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 exactly. And like, it's important here to note that we're not literally talking about the end of the day when we say yeah. at the end of the day, it's figurative right when we take into like you explained accounting for everything yeah this is what we want to remember right I always tell um you know share with my students like what they can do to improve their English but at the end of the day it's up to them to practice to integrate what they learn and and to use it yeah like teachers can give you advice suggestions how to learn English but at the end of the day it's up to you to do it perfect that's and remember that if you're listening at the end of the day yeah you need to put in the work to really improve your English and also even if we're talking about like the current situation and say you're talking with a friend about you know COVID and the whole situation you can say but at the end of the day my family and I are healthy so that's what matters Mm -hmm. so even though like it's tough we have to socially distance we're not able to travel but at the end of the day Uh everybody's healthy everything's good right yeah so that's kind of how we would use that and I think everybody Uh can relate to that yeah this one's good too don't get me wrong. I love this. I hear this all the time as well. I love this one. This is one of my favorite ones. If you want to make sure that someone does not get the wrong idea about like what you're saying or what you're doing, um, this is a great expression to use. Like, don't get me wrong. So an example that I can think of is like, don't get me wrong. Like if you're invited to some kind of trip or to an event or to a party. Yeah. For some reason you can't go. You can say, don't get me wrong. I love to come, but I have a, I don't know, I have a business trip that weekend or I have a, I don't know, some something that you have to do so you cannot show up. Um, so don't get me wrong. Yeah, that one, that's a great example. I also thought of like in a business context, uh-huh. if you say you're in a meeting and someone 
has an idea, has like a pitch for, Hmm. I don't know, a plan. And you're like, well, don't get me wrong. I think it's a good idea, but Mm -hmm. so, you know, we should do it a different way. So you kind of, you can use it as a way to soften things for people. So if you want to give someone criticism, you could say, oh, don't get me wrong. That's a great idea, but maybe we should do it this way. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And I, so I think this is a good point that you brought up because there's always that, but so you want to be polite, like you don't want to offend the person. You don't want them to feel bad. Um, you know, so you say, don't get me wrong. And then, but da, 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 give your reason for. Yeah. And you can use this at work with your mm-hmm. friends yeah. all, all the time. And it's kind of, it's a strange way. It's, it sounds really awkward. I think, especially probably if you're learning English, because like, uh-huh. don't get me wrong. doesn't really make any grammar sense, does it? It kind of goes against right. everything that we're taught and on its own. If you just say, don't get me wrong. Right. Well, I suppose you could, you could say, don't get me wrong but it just sounds a little bit awkward. But when we add the but and the explanation and the context, it all makes a lot more sense. Yeah, yeah. And usually when we use this expression, we we do add the context. Like we do give that explanation. We wouldn't, well, we rarely use it just by itself, right? Like, don't get me wrong. We, we, we might, if we're having an argument, maybe. I was thinking we do use this in an argument. Like if, if you and I were fighting about something uh-huh. and you got the wrong idea for me, I could be like, well, don't get me wrong. True. Okay. Yeah. I didn't mean it that way. Or right, right. so we can use it in a, in a polite way where we're making an excuse, but we could also use it if we're fighting with someone or like an argument. arguing. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it's a, it's a really useful expression. I love that one. Yes. We have another really good one here. Uh, I like this one. Oh, uh, gear up. Because it includes a phrasal verb. So yeah, gear up for something. Uh, yes. I guess gear up for something is just another way to say that you're preparing or you're getting ready for an activity or event. I don't know. Would you say that this, to me, this activity and event, it's pretty important, um, something that you've been preparing for? Um, so for example, like if for business settings, I can say like the company is gearing up for its new product launch. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Or if you're preparing for like a big exam or test, we can say that too, right? Like I'm gearing up. Yeah, we wouldn't like gear up to go for a walk. <laughs> like that wouldn't be yeah, yeah. <laughs> something that we would. Yeah. You can kind of think of like uh, to explain what a gear is, a gear is a, a mechanism mm-hmm. that usually it's used to like turn a wheel or to move a part. Yes. So when you think about, and I, when you think about this expression, you have to think about like a really big gear. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause it's something big, right? Yes. Yeah. You know, you're, you're gearing up, you're getting all of the, maybe the, the systems in place uh-huh. to get something moving. So like you said, with the product launch, you're like yeah. getting ready or you could gear up for like a new opening, like a new store opening, mm-hmm. some type of business expansion. Um, so, yeah. So I think the key thing here when we use this phrasal verb is to talk about something that is big and something important. But like like that example you gave was good. Like it, we don't gear up for a walk unless it's like... I don't know, some kind of marathon walk. Yeah. Uh, we can gear up for like a marathon run. Uh, marathon. Yeah. You could say he's gearing up to run his fifth marathon. So marathon. Yeah. And that wouldn't be like when you're talking about gearing up, it's not like the day before. It could, it could be the day before, but usually it's kind of like a week before. It's like the, all of the anticipation. Yes. You know, you might be on the phone and say, oh, it's so busy in the office. We're gearing up for this 
exciting expansion. So we're we're getting ready. You're not really giving it a time frame. Right. But people know that it's kind of, it's soon. Or for personal, like I guess wedding, right? Or some, I don't know, wedding. Yeah. Or a big presentation or something we can use uh, gear up. It's a good one. I really like yeah. that one. And we have one more, which is perfect. Um, and this is uh, <laughs> to get bogged down. Bogged down is like to to focus on something that is, I don't know, I want to say something that's really detailed, something that might not be necessary or important for a particular activity or a task. We often say, oh, don't get bogged down in the details of something that you're doing. Yeah, it's kind of like when I think of a bog, right? A bog is like a swampy grassland. Um, uh-huh. Probably don't have any bogs in California because <laughs> it's too dry. <laughs> yeah, an example. But it's a really muddy, like there's a bog in my hometown called the Sifton Bog in London, Ontario. And you can, oh, okay. uh, uh-huh. I know I have listeners from London, Ontario. So you can, uh-huh. there's a boardwalk and it's, you can walk through it. It's beautiful. It's lots of nature, but it, it's a muddy area and there's lots of uh-huh. greenery and it's actually can preserve um, like artifacts in a bog because oh. I guess the way the soil is and it's so they can get stuck in the mud and then uh-huh. they found like um, Aboriginal artifacts in this bog. Uh-huh. So when you think about a bog, so when you get bogged down, it's kind of like being sticky yeah. or stuck, stuck yeah. in these details that might not be in it's it's a cool expression. Yes. I think it's a good way that you explain that because then for somebody that's learning the expression, if you can picture like what Dana just described to the word, it's easier to remember. And when, I, when you think of block down, like, oh, okay, you know, that, that muddy yeah. <laughs> place with, you know, you have that something, that connection. Yeah. I picture putting my like boot in a bog or something in your foot and then we get stuck. So it's like when you get bogged down, you just, you know, you might be like bogged down at work with all these like fine details that you have to do. Say you're like Mm -hmm. building a database and you have to do all this data entry. You could be like, oh, I'm so bogged down with this task. Like it's just, it's so, you know, so detailed and I have to be so careful and it's taking up so much of my time. So yeah, it's negative. You don't want to be bogged down. Yeah. Yes. Yes. That's a good way to explain it. Like to sometimes I feel like when we focus, when we do something like a, a task or some kind of project, we tend to get bogged down on the little things that's not important um, rather than focusing on, you know, the big picture. Yeah. Um, so that's how I always think of this term bogged down. Like don't focus too much. Dairy. I wonder if that's a personality thing. I wonder if certain personality <laughs> types get more bogged down. I know I tend to do that. <laughs> I think. Yeah. Like if I'm designing yeah. something, you know, I, I get really picky with like colors, the positioning of things and uh, forgetting, you know, the, mm-hmm. yeah, the big picture. So. Yeah, I feel the same way. I definitely often get too bogged down when I'm making posts for everything on social media, designing lessons and stuff. I get so bogged down with like the the little, the little details and it takes away your time from the more maybe important stuff. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. Yeah. So then I guess we always say don't get, we use it in the negative, like don't get bogged down. Yeah. Or like, I'm so bogged down. It's like negative. I don't want to be, I just want to be free and not, you know, stuck in this. But those are some great expressions. I'm really glad that you brought those to the table for us. Before we go, 
Uh-huh. Can you let the listeners know where they can find you on the uh, internet? Yeah, I'm on uh, quite a few. You can find me on um, Instagram. I, I'm pretty active on there. Um, also on YouTube and Facebook and also Twitter. So pretty much all the social media platforms. Yeah. And your handle is, let me just, you you probably know English Valley Cafe, right? English Valley Cafe. Yes. Yeah. Great. So uh, I will leave a link so you can follow Anne and get all of her amazing English tips. And thank you so much for joining us today. It was great to have you. Thank you, Dana. Thank you. Thank you for having me. It was a pleasure being on your podcast. Great. Thank you. Okay. So that's it for our episode today. If you would like to get the transcript so you can understand 100% of the lesson with Anne, then you can go to canlearnenglish.com to learn how to become a member of the Can Learn English Academy. As always, thank you so much for listening. And please take a moment to review this podcast on Apple Podcasts. This helps me reach more students like you. Until next time, guys. Bye-bye.